Holy shit. Hey, Ted! You know what this is? The Super Lemon Haze. It's a really rare strain. It's a cross between Lemon Skunk and Super Silver Haze. It's totally potent. I mean, I've only had it once in my life, and it was one of the best highs I ever had. What the hell is a leaf for this stuff doing out in the middle of a... plant parents, conscious consumers, and the morbidly curious, welcome to Cultivation Conversation, a podcast for growers by growers. Come chat with our hosts, Captain Autoflower, the real green monster, and myself, Girl Go Grow. Grab a bouquet of your favorite flowers, apparatus of choice, and don't forget the fire while I tell you about the special companies that help keep this ship afloat. We are busy people, and we demand the best for our plants. So all three of us automate our grows with Autopots. Available in over 63 countries, gravity-powered Autopot systems rely on no pumps, no timers, and no power to operate. This plant-driven automated watering is so precise, it will reduce consumption of feed while increasing yield. An effective and efficient way to delegate a little responsibility. Let your plants feed themselves. Use code CC10 at autopot-usa.com. If quality is the name of your game, look no further than AC Infinity. AC Infinity's grow tents, lights, accessories, and ventilation systems offer reliability and affordability along with total environmental control. Use code CULTIVATION on acinfinity.com to save even more. Frass Valley produces the highest quality superworm frass. Naturally strengthen your plants and enhance their resistance to pests and disease. Use code CC10 at FrassValley.com. We are big fans of Mass Hydroponics. Whether you're a local in Massachusetts or accessing their full online catalog, they are your one-stop shop for all of your growing needs. Use code CC10 at Mass-Hydro.com. What is going on, everybody out there in podcast land? Happy Tuesday. Happy, happy, motherfucker. Hello, my darling. What up, what up? Howdy, everyone in the chat. Welcome back. Welcome back. 
It's been a long week, guys. Anything exciting happen? Not a whole hell of a lot. Just uh, same old shit, different day. Yeah. Summer winding up. You almost yeah. done that move, monster? Oh, yeah. Move's been done. Just uh, settling in, trying to get my kids' schooling straightened out. Um, oh. You know, still trying to have some fun with what's left of the summer. Oh, yeah. Go on a couple fishing trips, dude. There you go. Please. I beg you. Do it. Um, I beg myself. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, got to make time, man. I know it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. What about you, G3? Anything cool? School started. <laughs> Get those kids out of the house. <laughs> it's a much more exciting time now that uh, mm-hmm. we're adults, huh? All right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's get cool. The kids off the school. Get them out. Get them out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was always like such a sad time of year when we were growing up. Had to go back, but man, now you get to get them kids out. Not not your your job anymore for seven right. hours during the day. Not money. Yep. Oh yeah, oh. I knew my fist had dropped. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. Yeah. Um, the iced and baked crosses dropped that was a fun one That's so cool. they crossed ice and baked with like everything <laughs> oh all right it's great it's one of those drops i see well, yeah. a lot of f1s that's cool we like yeah, that it's one of their like artisanal releases so iced and baked is the um that's like the wedding cake and what else gelato 41 all right cool 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 yeah. man that, that sounds like something you might have to grab um well, actually i really liked the iced and baked i grew that as a tester and i thought it was awesome yeah she came out all purple she was fun i was kind of like at that point like i didn't really do her justice because i was kind of sick of cake at that time <laughs> like i just grown meth wedding twice and then i grew you know iced and baked right after it so i was like sick to death of that turp profile mm. just like done but she was great. Yeah. I really liked her. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, there, there you go. There's a candidate for potential uh, first time auto flower grow. We're going to be talking a lot of autos tonight, guys. So it all fits right in. If you if you're new to autos, you know, reputable breeders are are the first roadblock in in the whole the whole game. Um, Mephisto's among them you know definitely one of the ogs you know some drama in in the auto flower breeder world there's some chatter (laughs) there's a little bit of chatter going on you know i am not one to get to, to to put my nose into places where it doesn't belong you know um mephisto still puts out great stuff guys um you know Iced and baked. I saw a post from it today. It looked like, like you said, super colorful, super frosty, and um, oh, like a sweet. I imagine a sweet turp profile. Um, so cool, cool. Um, well, before we get into it, guys, I, I was lucky enough to celebrate a birthday over the weekend. Got a nice new Kelly Green Eagles jersey, Happy and uh. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, I also went out to see, uh, I saw Jurassic Park in the movie theaters for the 30th anniversary 
re-release in 3D. And I got to say. Congratulations. Hey, yo, (laughs) it was awesome. Whatever plays your vote, dude. Like, yo, I mean, I don't, I mean, when's the last time you you saw that movie? Because it holds up. It really does. The original one? Oh, the original. Yep. With like like two weeks ago. All right. All right. Was was it in 3D though? No. Okay. No, okay. No, I'm I'm just saying I it was a while for me since I had seen it and I didn't expect it to like to hold up as well as it did, man. Like all these all the dinosaurs, I mean, they looked real as fuck. Every real, every bit as real as they did when I was nine when I saw that movie. So, and now I celebrated my 39th birthday by going to see it again. And I was like, you know, I do the 39 bong rips during, during the day. And by that point I was already like 22, 23 deep. So that scene with the T-Rex really, really fucked with me. A little traumatic. So... Just no sudden movements. We'll be okay. I'll have to add that to the rewatch list. It's been probably 25 years since I've seen that movie. Really? Yeah. It's a good one. You should see again. That's definitely rewatchable. I wouldn't go the awesome. whole shebang like Cap did, but it's definitely rewatchable. It was awesome. It was awesome. That, I'm, t- I, I'm telling you, like, digital effects, Take them or leave them. I, I'm one that I'll leave them every time. I like the, uh, I like those old school, like real effects. They're not, you know, real for what it's worth. They're like filming an actual thing. You know, it's not just like uh, CGI. So it holds up way better. But um, but yeah, it was it was scary. So <laughs> I'm gonna relax with a nice joint of Bluesaroso. One of my favorite autos. Shout out to Alabrihe. What, what do you guys have? What, what you smoking on? I'm smoking on some pure Michigan live resin. Mm. Gotta love that live resin. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Ooh, that's pretty. Wow, that looks awesome, dude. You know what that looks like? That reminds me Parmesan? of this. Like... <laughs> I was gonna say sour Altoids. Remember what? those fucking things, man. Sour no. Altoids. I oh. definitely wouldn't have gotten there Dude, with if they that. They made visual. those. If they still made those, come on. Yeah, it looks looks awesome, man. Why is this so not focused? What about you, G three? What What do you have tonight? Double smile. Mmm. Keeps you on that even keel. Yeah, keeps me. Um, focused enough, you know. Keeps me happy. <laughs> I love happy. all the mangoes. They're just like I don't know. There's something about that that mango profile that just does it for me. You know, it's so just hits all the right buttons. For sure. For sure. Um. Well, when all the mangoes and it's like a never-ending quest. Are you uh, about done that funky? Mang- Magnifera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's super mad at me right now. Oh, no. Like, really mad at me. Yeah. What do you think you did to piss the Oh, I know off? exactly what oh. I did. Her pH was way too low. She was Uh-oh. 0.6 off. <laughs> uh. She was, like, 
down in 5.8 ville. Oh, <laughs> she's so mad at me. So, yeah, she's locked out pretty bad. Mm. It's okay. She's being mm. fixed. It's fine. We got it. It's taken care of. So you mean pH of the medium or of your your like nutrient water? Um. So my pH pen was not calibrated. Oh no! Calibrate your pens, people, um, or use drops or something. So yeah, this is a good lesson in how often I need to calibrate. But I like got new calibration fluid because I looked at it and I was like, she's locked out. This is pH. And I would check the pH of all of my water going in. I checked the pH of the water coming out of the tap. I checked the pH of the water going into the res. I checked the pH of things going into what I hand water. And yes, I grow in organics. And yes, I believe there's some sort of buffer aspect to that. But it can't work miracles. It's certainly not 0.6 worth of miracles. So yeah. No, that's a, a good nightmare. That's it's, a good point. So, so I'm going to get... Did your water change or like, are you adding nutrients to it or out of the tap? No, I just was trusting my pen and I hadn't calibrated like in a while. And I tried calibrating this time and I got an error and then I got new calibration fluid and I stuck it in there and I could see the difference between the target and the, the actual solution was like 0.6. So I knew how far off it was, but it wouldn't recalibrate. So now I need a new pen or I need to switch to drops. But I'm looking mm. at that a pair of pH 60 because it has a, you can change out the probe whenever it goes bad. So yeah. my pen, I had the a pair of pH 20, whatever. And I think their probes, they say they're good for two years. And I'm running it, she's at about three mm. now. So I certainly got what I guess was expected out of it. Um, I wish it would have lasted longer. But with yeah. this new one, I could change the probe whenever it goes wonky instead of buying a whole new pen. They also make one that does your um, PPM as well, or EC, like mm -hmm. an all-in-one. Yeah, I think this one does too. I was talking like to someone about it. Maybe it was Fella. I don't remember who it was exactly. Um, and they're saying that there's a soil probe that you could use to get the pH of your soil, too. I was like, that sounds crazy. Hmm. So, yay, well, new pen. That's exciting. Yep. Uh, it's all part of the, you know, trusting your gear and making sure your gear is functioning so you can yeah. trust it. Um, exactly. For... I had to do my part, and I definitely slacked on calibration. And my plants paid for it. So I'm going to pay for it in the long run. I always recommend people calibrate the pens. But you know what pisses me off? Every time I go to calibrate mine, it's fine. Like, it doesn't it doesn't move at all. Well, that's um, good. It's a little bit boy who cried wolf, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those things though, <laughs> yeah. that I'm always You're Like, one of these days checking. I'm going to actually need to have done it. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I'll check it in solution, like a reference solution, and it's right on. And I'm just like, all right, let me calibrate it anyway. So you're already here. Um, but I, keeping them wet helps a lot, you know. Um, I always try to keep a little bit of water in the cap. They say you're supposed to use the, uh, like, storage solution. I've never bothered. Um, I just keep it wet, and it seems to be fine. Yeah, I do the same thing. I just put the cap on after I use it, basically. Yeah. Rinse it off. Put, it, put the cap on. Yep. I think keeping it clean goes a long way. 
Wow. Too, you know, they get gumped, gunked up too. You mentioned uh, yeah. the the drops too. That's a that's a great like cheap, just fail you know fail safe. If you mm-hmm. have trust issues with your gear, there you go. Like, prove it on the spot. Yep. If it matches the drop test, you know you're. Now it's in, certainly not as precise per se. Yeah. Like it is very subjective. It's not going to give you a true. digital readout like the pens like, yeah, will. That, you kind of have to be like, orange, is that, or is that it's color? This yellow, color, yeah. green? I'm not somewhere in between. Yeah, no, I. But in a pinch, you can always run to a pool supply store and uh, grab yourself some of those like pool pH testing drop kits. Yeah, they even have them at Wally's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think I would still. St- <laughs> Still use that no matter what. I'm just, uh, you know, I have trust issues, like I said. Yeah. I continue to give myself more trust issues. <laughs> like, this ah. totally was within my realm of fixing it before it happened. And I was just like, meh. <laughs> and it happens. It happens to the best of us, you know? It's a good lesson learned. It is. It is. So that was that was your iced and baked, right? That or was my funky magnifera. Funky, yeah. How yeah, old? she's super yellow. Oh, that is a great question. I don't know, but I can give you an answer in just a second. I'm going to look up my days app. Yeah. It's the other thing I use this for. Oh, oh so 59. App. 59 days. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, there you go. Little shout out pro tip, guys. There's an app on the app store. It's literally called Days. D-A-Y-S. Um, you can program it to, like, start counting from... A particular time on a particular day and it automatically tracks your days for you just it's convenient keeps the I can't thinking out of it for you so you're not like when did i plant those how old are they are they are they on track are they behind schedule like it helps yep so they're 59 59 days well they're all different <laughs> That one is. I planted each one. That one is 59 days. She's the same age as the old school mango haze. She's gorgeous okay. and huge. And, oh, oh, she smells so and good. She's a good one. Um, she didn't mind the pH too much? So, um, I have four plants in this tent, and two of them are on auto pots, and two of them are not. And two of them are happy, and two of them are not. And I will give you a guess as to which ones are happy. <laughs> It's I'm not the hand water guess ones. The that. ones in the auto pots. <laughs> so, yeah, auto pots. Uh, Do yourself you know, a favor, people. It really does save your ass in so many ways. So, yeah, I need to. I'd made the mistake of like splitting up my auto pot system and having two on it and two not. And I just need to like get my shit together. And I didn't. I just flying by the seat now, of my pants most of the time. So. Do you think. Now, it's, you're just making me. You're making me think here. Like. So using like the same water for all of these, right? Some's going in a res, some's getting hand fed. Mm-hmm. I think I could be way off base. It's not my grow. I'm not. I'm not in there. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes people assume it's a, it's a lockout issue with like you know the pH of their water, when in reality could it have been uh, a watering issue? leading to an overabundance or an underabundance of nutrients on the next watering. 
Well, you can usually in open if you underwater and things get too acidic in there. Yeah, like a yeah. watering issue can certainly cause a lockout type situation. It certainly could. I mean, it could be a, a you know, a, a twofold fuck up, really. Because, like, your pH being 0.6 off, which it was, <laughs> that's going to fuck some shit up. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's think... no getting around it. So, could it have been both? Maybe, sure. Yeah. Um, Maybe just the consistency that the now, auto pops I will provide. have to say something about I was accidentally pHing my water too far down. I was pulling it too far down with pH down because of what the pen was telling me. So in my res, my pH tends to drift up because my tap water comes out like almost close to eight sometimes. Okay. So my pH tends to drift up. So it is it being in the res and having that pH drift away from that? Holy shit. This is like you're giving me 5.8 pH water. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, could the res have saved my ass because of that drift? Sure. Possibly. Because if you have a lot of calcium carbonate in your water, which you probably do with pH that high, it would make sense for it to drift up while sitting in the reservoir. Right. So hmm. who knows? Interesting. So two lessons. Well, pH, calibrate your pens, change your batteries, make sure your probes are within their life, and um, use autobots. Keep, keep your tips wet. So, yes. That's the fun right now. But, like, the two, I have Old School Mango Haze, who's super happy, huge, gorgeous, awesome, Phantasma Express, super happy. She's amazing. She's at something like 60, um, 60 something days. <laughs> cool. So you're you're, um, you're round in the corner, approaching the uh, yeah, we're getting there. You know, the end. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. Um, yeah, sixty-eight days for well, all good stuff. I want. I definitely want to. Um, I want to talk all autos tonight, guys. So we need an auto flower update from Monster, who, from what I know, grew his first in a long time. Second. Second. Yep. So I ran the Sacred Watch. Um, and then I ran some more because I had some of the beans laying around. Yeah. Second run came out a lot better than the first time. Um, it, I mean, it's it's a great plant. It loves light. Um, pretty much took whatever I could give it, and uh, pretty happy with it. Really. What happened the first time? They, buds came out a little airier than I would have liked, but I wasn't feeding it enough, and. Gotcha. Um, I took that lesson from the first run and ran it again. Were they big plants? Like you know, Yeah, yeah, they were beefy plants. Anything, they were, they were really big. I had to kind of uh, tame them. Um, they got really, really big. And then I also forgot to mention, that the. I also harvested the midget Odin suns that I stunted uh, that I grew organically. <laughs> um it came out good, but I got literally got like a quarter ounce of weed up. Uh, yeah, I just wanted some of that smoke, so I kept it alive. Hey, yeah, you know, sometimes like a stunted plant will not produce much more than that. But no, it's like, it was pathetic. It's not taking up too much room. It's worth keeping around. Just want to yep. try it, you know. Yeah, I got to get some uh, BGG running next, and then. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do after that. Nice. But now I'm literally uh, around the corner from BGG. 
not too far so we'll be hooking up cool well for sure i just a little bird told me he has a uh big drop coming up soon um so tune in next week i think is that right bgg i see out there in the chat I invited him on, so I, I want to talk uh, talk a little bit of autos with him too. But, um, but yeah, what's up, BGG? I see you, man. Um, so yeah, guys, we, we were supposed to get together last week. My bad, BGG. Ah, We've just been busy. Took a rain check. Yeah. Now that your neighbors make it happen, won't you be my neighbor? Live stream it. Live stream it so, like we're doing right now. All right, so so auto flowers, guys. Auto flowers, huh? What's cool about autos? Why do we like them so much? Why do we grow them? Even when we we grow other stuff too, you know. It's not all like we we grow photos, but yet we grow autos too. Why does this happen? For me personally, it's about speed. I can't, you know, uh, the time it takes to, the way I like to do photos is not like a lot of them in like a, a sea of green type method. I like to grow big plants and few of them. So the time it takes to veg, the time it takes to sex, if they're reg seeds, you know, it's almost double. Honestly, the time it would just take to pop a fem auto, let it do its thing in 84 days, boom, out the door. So primarily, speed. One of the big reasons we love them. I don't know. You guys got anything else? I mean, they're, they're, uh, you can grow them in any light cycle. You know, and, sure. uh, if you're having a hard time dialing in your environment, you can run the lights 24 hours a day if you need to. Like uh, that Australian fellow we, we heard from who was growing in like a cardboard box in, a, in his van down by the river. Yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> no, we that's haven't. His, that's legit, man. He was dedicated. But, you know, yeah, like it's not everyone has the benefit of a sealed grow space that they can block out all the light in a, in a dark cycle, you know? So... Boom, right there. Makes it makes it super easy. Um Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a couple other reasons, but those I would think are two big ones. Yeah, they're fun. They're feisty. They've got great personality. You really <laughs> you don't quite know what you're gonna get. You have an idea. You have kind of a good idea. But there's always that little kind of a grab bag mentality about them. They do whatever yep. the fuck they want. And you're just along for the ride, baby. For sure. Uh, fun is a huge reason. And like the roller coaster ride mentality, you know, like you're not in control with autos. You don't determine when they do their things. You know, they have their predetermined life cycle like built into their genetic fucking code and there's not much you're going to do to change it so well i have found hands that if you up. Don't give them enough light they will take longer to finish true okay so i mean you know environmental factors can definitely influence growth patterns and 
I mean, can we? But at that point, you're really hurting the you're hurting the product. Like if you, if it's taking longer to finish because it's not getting enough light, you're not really benefiting yourself at all. There, one, it's taking longer to finish, so you got that negative, and two, the plant's just not optimized. Because I've thrown a couple in like twelve twelve, they took over hundred days to finish each time, mm. and the results weren't great. And I've also, uh, especially in the Northeast, I don't think they do well outdoors. Don't think they do? No, they take way too long to finish. I had some I planted outside that were just literally, I ended up just cutting them down because they just weren't hmm. doing anything. This looked like shit. And uh, I, I had the same experiment last year. They just, uh, they're not getting enough, like, really strong light to give them what they want. At least I haven't found one that, that really liked them. Interesting. There are, you know, a couple quirks and reasons why uh, you might not want to grow autos depending on your setup. I don't know. But that aside, they're pretty cool to fuck around with, guys. Like, we, you know, I think they've come a long way since, and we say it all the time, like the, the low rider days. You haven't grown an auto in the last, I don't know, couple years i think you owe it to yourself to give them another shot so you know tonight we're gonna kind of do a little like i don't know general auto flower growing techniques as well as some like advanced type shit like really the bread and butter is just like what what makes an auto flower different than a photo period you know what i mean like we can we can all use the same growing techniques for all plants relatively you know like the same like trellising and um defoliation those those techniques work on all plants whether it's a tomato zucchini autoflower photo period but like really there are some some key autoflower specific techniques that i think if you don't get right you're gonna have a bad time yeah like not yep. overfeeding or overwatering or over anything over watering for sure for sure so um let's start like right at the beginning okay like right at the beginning of a, of an autoflower's life we're going to assume because i mean before we even get into like an autoflower's life we're going to assume you've done your due di due due diligence and you've gotten genetics from a reputable autoflower breeder who tests their seeds you know uh, guys we've We've done interviews with a whole shit ton of them. We've even mentioned about four of them already on this episode. So you know who to trust. Get your good genetics. That's, I don't know how much of it is. Maybe 30% overall. Plant can only grow to its, its genetic potential. You know what I mean? Even if you do everything perfect. So like, look a little bit outside the box, guys. Don't go with the first thing that fucking pops up when you google auto flowers please oh my gosh yeah. ilgm <laughs> you can stay away from ilgm crop king stay away from all like everything on that first page you can pretty much skip right over if you need help finding good genetics guys just reach out anyone in the community will help you will point you in the right direction okay so get your your good genetics once, once you've gotten that, okay, like, 
I think one of the, the key things about autos is that you've got to think ahead. You've got to kind of plan your grow out in, in advance. At least, uh, I mean, for, I'm speaking for myself, of course, and I grow organically. It's much harder to pivot, let's say, if, if, you're, if you're an organic grower. So I have to plan everything out in advance from the medium to like the size of the container to how many plants to when am I going to be harvesting these? What's the weather going to be like then? You know, I'm, I'm thinking everything through guys. It's not just like, Oh, I got a, a bag seed here. I'll pop it and see what happens. Cause I can delay the inevitable, you know, flowering process. You can't do that with an auto. So think ahead. Well, I think you're muted. Moss is muted. I think you're muted, man. No I was trying to kill the background noise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They, they sneak up on you really fast um, if you're not prepared. Just, you know, think think things through a little bit. Um, and, and in that sense, like I mentioned the size of the container. I think that's a huge, huge determining factor with autos when you know we're talking about like how big they're going to grow how much they're going to yield really how how well they're going to do for you i see a lot of people put them in like one gallon containers two gallon containers like for me that's that's too tiny you know you're going to get a small plant in a small container Especially mm -hmm. with an auto, if you're going to start it in the final container, like, you know, we're told to, allegedly. It is so, smart. So give it a big space, you know? Like, I, I like to use the five gallons. I, that's always done well for me. What do you guys roll yep. with? Five to six, usually. I prefer five. my pots to be taller than lighter. Because mm -hmm. once that top root hits bottom... That's it. With your autos, they start flowering. Yeah, I like the five So if you're pot. in a solo cup and it hits bottom, you're fucked. If you're transplanting, you mean? You're like, yeah. You're... Not if you're doing a, a, a bonsai plant. like. Uh... Oh, well, no. But that's if you're doing a bonsai, it's not generally in a solo cup. You know, taking all that is, time to shape that baby. I've She's seen, in a special container. Oh, I saw that bonsai contest going on. Yeah, it's so, not like, Alan Yeah, like ninety. There's like ninety nine people I know that should but enter that's that. Like a, that's all they grow anyway. Don't most people do solo cups for like a a can of bonsai auto flower grow? I think they put most most people put them in actual chosen with care containers. I don't know. I, I feel guess like bonsai is the wrong word for like an auto, you know, because you can't like keep it around as a mom. You're not going to do like um, you can shape it. And there's that, that whole like um, like the revealing roots things where you have it grow over something and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, who's the know? Instagram guy I'm thinking of who does that? He, he has like hulk in in the pot and then like the roots are growing over him and it's like it looks crazy you know yeah there's quite a few of them that are some some art art serious talent out there there's a guy out there i think he goes by like stunted art or stunted autoflower or something like that he does some pretty crazy shit with like 
I've seen him grow autos in plastic shot glasses. Hmm. An auto in a yeah. plastic shot glass? What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. So how big does that does that get? I don't know. I mean, it looks like he gets like a three or four gram bud or something. <laughs> That's about it, you know. Uh, but still pretty impressive for uh, oh, it is. It is for what you know the size of pot. Holy even. shit, man! Yeah. So I mean, it's all relative, you know. Like if I don't know, you get a three gram bud if you're an expert at growing from like a an ounce shot glass. Let's say the best kind of uh, the the best uh, solo cup grow I've seen was probably somewhere around a quarter, like 14, 20 grams, maybe maybe more, I don't know. I'm talking about what I've seen. Um, and it's, it, it just goes up from there. Like for me, uh, a good yield from a five-gallon container is somewhere around like 80 to 120 grams. You know, three to five ounces. So start them in a big container, give them room to breathe. And uh, on that note too, choose your container wisely. I think um, I've always had the best success with the, those like air pruning type containers. Yeah. I think you're always going to be better off with the fabric pot. Yeah. Fabric mm-hmm. pot or, a, you know, plastic or a mesh type material. As long as it's got um, a lot of exposure to the outside air, it's going to help. Going to help because I I don't know. Breathability. Yeah, yeah. Because your roots have to breathe. Roots have to breathe. I think the biggest benefit is just more wet dry cycles. Mm -hmm. Like the plant is going to dry out quicker, which means you're going to have to water water it it more. Yeah. The more organic, Mm -hmm. synthetic, no matter how you're growing, the more water cycles you can get through that plant the more it's transpiring the better the better i agree i agree that's a great tip autos or photos regardless um so yeah auto flowers though guys what what are we putting in our pots what seeds well, like what medium are yeah, we growing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medium wise, what are we? What are we doing medium wise? Like, if you um, want to grow I'm the a, best, biggest, guy. baddest autos, the monster's gonna go co- cocoa every time. Well, cocoa allows you to use a smaller pot and get more out of it. Like you could, you even use a two or three gallon pot with cocoa, and probably get the same results that you would with a five gallon pot of soil. That is may or may not be true i mean i've seen people do great with honestly cocoa is kind of a different animal you know like i've seen people grow enormous autos in like a two yeah one two gallon container with salts because you like you said you can get more wet dry cycles through them it's generally though i think people do best if you know judging by the relative size of the pot. You can always judge how big your auto is going to get by the size of the container you put it in. A container is literally that. It's a con- it, containment. It contains the roots. It confines them, you know? So give it and a little. As above, so below. Exactly. 
Yeah, if, if the the roots the root system isn't nice and spread out, the top of the plant's not going to be that much uh, to look at either. I would think. True, but it's not always going to translate. I.e., like one my autoflower experiment that was in a thirteen gallon pot. You know, it just stunted and stopped growing. So, uh, too big of a pot can can definitely be. Well, I don't know if it necessarily you know if it's too big, but I mean, like, if you fuck up, no matter how big your pot is, you're not going to get a big plant. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I was trying to relate. Word. There are lots of variables. There are lots of things that can go into screwing up an auto. And For any sure. one of those, if you don't check every single one of those boxes just right, you're going to have some stunting. I agree. Now, I think one of the... One of the things we often overlook too, I mean, medium wise, you know, I'm a soil guy. I like, uh, I like to, to do, do the layering technique. I like to put the hot soil at the bottom. I like to put the light soil at the top. We're talking brands. I like to use Stonington blend at the bottom and I like to use this, uh, ocean. It's not, no, I'm sorry. Fox farm, um, strawberry fields it's called not ocean forest it's not happy frog it's strawberry field why do i like this shit because it's got cocoa in it like monster said i think cocoa adds a lot of benefits that you're not going to get with just a peat-based medium um especially with with autos just it's all about the first 14 days you know we want to maximize the growth really the the root system's growth in the first 14 days of that autoflower's life. That's going to give you such a head start. One of the key elements for that, like to kind of bring it back, is the amount of water in your medium when you sow the seed. Is it oversaturated? Is, are there dry pockets? You know what I mean? Like, it needs to be thoroughly watered, evenly watered, but not overly watered. And that's such a delicate balance to strike, really. I find, like, when I fuck up my autoflowers is when, like, I rush the process beforehand. And I, like, I'm like, oh, I want to get these planted today, but the soil's too dry, and I got to, like... Just pour a bunch of water into it. With No, take your time. Do it slowly and deliberately. Think about how much soil is in the container and then like do like a 5 to 10% of that volume of water. That's it. And then wait. Come, come back the next day. Like check, check it. You know, is it, are there dry pockets? Has it, I mean, truly, that's one of the, the biggest hindering factors is, I don't know, for me at least, it's, it's, it's about that, that preparation, like I mentioned, you know? Yeah, you guys, I rush. Do you guys do that stuff too? Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you I, rush, you're going to make mistakes <laughs> in anything, really. I have a new rule for myself now that I'm not allowed to pop seeds until I have the pots ready to go for them. That's because... where I get into trouble. You're, you're totally right. I, and I think to myself, Oh, I can just get that done. I'll get it done. And the, the having the seeds popped will motivate me to do it. But no, that's not, nope. no, it just rushes <laughs> you and you fuck it up. 
and you fuck it up or you just end up popping seeds and not being able to plant them, which sucks too. So like, it's a rule now. I have to do this for myself because otherwise I'm either going to screw something up big time by rushing. Like, I can't tell you every single time I try to make soil, I'm missing at least one element of it. Doesn't matter if I like just got some recently, Start, something is missing and I have to go to the grocery store to fix it. So there is no like fixing things quickly in this type of situation. It's a great point. I think that's a rule I'm going to have to implement in my own grow. I'm not going to yeah. pop seeds until I have the pots prepped. No baby till there's a cradle. <sighs> that's, I, love, I love the way you put that. <laughs> Especially with autos. I mean, if you, uh, I've been guilty of it myself. Like you germinate them too long and you open up the paper towel and they're like six inch tap roots. And I think at that point, honestly, you've already fucked up. Yep. You're like, oh, it's already these, too these, late. These busted out of their shell. These got to go into something now. Yeah. Shit, I don't have my five-gallon pot prepped. That's all right. I'll just put them in a solo cup and I'll transplant them. It's like you're already no. behind the eight ball. I mean, you, nope. you can transplant autos. Not the best idea, even, even if you have a, a great transplant technique, you know? Yeah, you're gonna. You, you should only consider transplanting autos really if everything is going perfectly. Otherwise, just cut your losses because the chances of screwing something up in the transplant is super high, and chances are she may have a temper tantrum for absolutely no reason other than she was transplanted. For sure, um, you know, I, I thought I had like a this like. Fail, fail proof transplant technique for autos you know i thought i was like hot shit oh, i'll just start my autos in a solo cup no big deal we'll transplant them 12 to 14 days later double solo cup method mycorrhizal blah 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 they hasn't been great for me the last couple tries it has not whether that's just the plants themselves not liking it whether I'm getting like a little heavy handed with my technique, I'm not sure. I have had success doing it, guys. Like you can transplant autos. I'm not saying you can't, but I think if like even looking back on the plants that I've grown, that I grew very nicely, that were transplanted, had I not done that, they would have probably been bigger. They would have probably been more beautiful probably yielded more so yeah if, do an experiment grow one transplant it grow one that you don't transplant guarantee fucking to you the one you don't transplant comes out better yeah, and I, i've seen these um those biodegradable pots too that's a great option you could plant that into your final pot like plant your plant your plant into the final pot with the biodegradable pot and just let it go, and then let once it go. It, once once it outgrows, you can uh, start watering the the big pot of soil. Mm -hmm. And those are just like little, um, little thin, kind of papery. Yeah, they're almost made out of like uh, I've seen them made out of like a thin, like egg crate material is what it looks like, and hmm. the plants will just bust right out of it. And um, you know when they're ready, 
Interesting. Now, I mean, so like, I don't know, man. I think some plants would. I think some auto auto flowers, some strains wouldn't give a single fuck about little paper pot to bust through. They would do it no problem without slowing down one iota. However, there are some that would probably not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, like just I haven't seen any of the right don't. there in that little baby container. So, but I haven't seen any that that don't that haven't liked that. They just burst right through it. I'm surprised to hear that. You know, well, like I've seen, you've seen plants busting out of concrete. The, these plants are stronger than than we give them credit for. They can't bust out of like a hard plastic solo cup. Well, uh, so like busting out is auto one flowers. thing, but like auto, <laughs> yeah, you, like, you know, we don't want the auto flower to like sense anything blocking its roots, right? Right. Nah, these, the theory? The, these things are paper thin. I'll have to show them to you because I've done my last couple rounds with autos with these and. Uh, they have no problem poking right through when they're ready. Okay. They just, the roots just come right through. Cause all right. I've used those. Um, like when you, when you, when you, uh, take out the, when you, had, when the, you harvest, if you take out the, like the root mass, you can see where the like roots just burst right through that thing. Come right like out. they had no problem going right through. But you don't think hmm. that would cause an auto to like prematurely flower in nope. any possible scenario no and i'm a big advocate of not transplanting them so i wanted to try this to make it a little okay. bit easier so you don't have to overwater a bigger pot um and i i like i'll do it like this forever that's cool all right I, that's i might have to try that um because i right i've used like jiffy pellets to start my seeds in and you know they have those little like like paper diapers kind of around yeah. like the cocoa <laughs> and i i swore that like the ones that i took that off did better maybe it's just i don't know maybe it's in my head i don't know i've never really had good luck with jiffy pellets i think they're too acidic for cannabis what are the what are the other the other brand um well, Jiffy Pellets is the only one I could think of that have that like mesh around yeah, the, the diaper. <laughs> yeah, the diaper. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. I, it's I, maybe it's just those things. To be honest, I I, I kind of stopped using them because I wasn't. Yeah, I don't like luck, them for but, um, I think they work great for like tomatoes and peppers right. and all that shit. But even this regular cannabis seeds, not talking autos, I've just never really liked the hmm. way they they look when they start out and those things and. I know other people that use them and love them. So, I mean, um, each term is yeah. not for me. All right. So, I think we can all agree, though, that the first 14 days of your auto's life are the most important. By giving it the optimum conditions. And, right, for me, that is putting it in the final container. That's direct so into the final container. That is already an optimized perfectly watered medium at like it's been uh, acclimatized to your tent temperature and all that all that good shit for me that's what it's all about and then you can literally step back for like the first week and a half like 10 days and do jack shit do Don't nothing touch them 
Don't, don't touch it. <laughs> touch it. Don't even <laughs> don't look at think it. About don't open touch. the tent. Don't go near it. Leave it alone. Just leave it be. Walk away. Forget about it. Come back in a week. Yes. If you have watered the pot correctly, and if you've, if you've done it the right way, you, sh- you truly shouldn't have to water for a week, at least. The plant's going to be tiny. Like, I'm speaking about soil. Like, Monster, maybe you could chime in. Is that true with, with cocoa? At least three or four days, if not five. All right, cool. So don't be a helicopter parent when it's, when it's a <laughs> little baby seedling, you know? Like and, just, you know, the good rule of thumb I, I tell people, it, it sounds simple and people poo-poo it, but pick up the pot after you water it. Get a feel for it, how it feels saturated. And then when you know it's bone dry, pick it up and get a feel for that. And if you're mm-hmm. not sure, just remember how it felt when it was heavy and how it felt when it was dry. Is it like even the biggest of pots, they'll be super light when they're dry. They just get, they get, you can feel them. Like this big mass of soil or cocoa feels way too light. Yep. Just picking it up. You can tell. If you can't tell, then I don't have to tell you, but. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Pick right. it up, feel it. So if it feels light, water it. it I know what to tell you if you can't tell. Because there was a time, like, as a beginner, I felt like I, I, I felt like I didn't have a, have a feel for it, right? So I weighed the pots. Fully saturated five-gallon pot, boom, on the scale. How much does that weigh? Then dry soil, boom, on, on the scale. How much does that weigh? That's a good tip too. Then you want to keep it about around like at at least when you're doing the the direct so like about half way in between fully and dry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's like when you want to water is when it's less than 50% of that weight of a fully saturated pot. Yeah, you don't want them to dry out completely completely. I get really pissed off at that. Don't do that. Yeah, they don't like that. No, not too much. Not too much. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk nutrients a little, man. I mean, I, organics are easy, right? It's all about setting yourself up, getting good soil, putting the hot stuff at the bottom, right? That's you should be able to get through. You should. Honestly, a five-gallon container set up the right way, you, you could probably do water only. You're going to see some deficiencies towards the end, but you'll be able to do it. In five gallons? I don't think you can do it in five gallons. You can. I'm, I'm not going to say water the only plant for the whole grow. won't be deficient, but it will produce for sure. I mean, sure. But why would you, why would you only want a plant to produce? Uh, We're not I'm here to saying. make plants I that know. only produce. We're right, here to make right. the most gorgeous plants the world has ever seen. It's true. So, in that case, if you're going to do water only the entire grow, you can. You just need a bigger battery than five gallons. Or three top dresses in between. Yeah. Or if you're doing organics, find a good organic nutrient line. I've recommended Cold War Organics a bunch. I love that shit. Makes it easy, two parts, 
grow in a bloom. Boom. Yep. So you can supplement to your less than uh, ideal battery size container. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just recharge the battery and you're fine. Yeah. It's just, that's what it is. Recharge. Recharging the battery. Now for synthetics, Monster, like, what's your, what's your nutrient strategy, man, with autos? How do you, how do you do it? So I like to feed from day one auto or photo, no matter what it is, because I'm in an inert medium. I have, they have nothing to, to feed from. I usually start with like a 25% mixture. So whatever the mix calls for, I'll just cut it in by, by 25%. Um, like a, a normal mix, just whatever I would normally do in, let's say, a five-gallon bucket or whatever, just cut it by 25%. Stick with the ratios that they're giving you because – that's how you can get things out of, out of whack real quick. Um, kind of fuck with like, oh, let me add extra cow mag or extra this or extra that. And I've been doing some experimenting with just starting out with just bloom um, mixture for autos. So I'm doing another experiment on that right now to, to see it. But so far it looks pretty good where uh, I just go right to a bloom mixture from day one. Interesting. And up it accordingly as the plant gets bigger because i feel like the biggest the, the biggest uh the biggest setback i see people do with autos is they overfeed nitrogen right um, i've been like very thematic lately a lot of that lately <laughs> this can help eliminate that factor um, because your blue mixture is going to have a lighter amount of nitrogen still has nitrogen in it enough for the plant to you know photosynthesize and yeah yeah you still need nitrogen you just don't need a whole that's yeah that's such we're a... just seeing an awful lot of super sensitive nitrogen autos so i mean that's kind of brilliant that is it really give that a whirl it is because an auto's whole purpose of being is to flower you know what i mean like that's they, they, they're flowering from the get-go, essentially. So why not feed them as such? Makes perfect sense when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like nitrogen sensitivity, too, is such a huge issue. So knock that out. Um, and it's, it's funny, too, Monster, because that like strawberry fields soil I was talking about mm-hmm. is like a fruiting and flowering blend. So Makes I thought I thought the, the same thing. Yeah, I thought I thought thought the same thing. Like, you know, an auto's whole whole purpose is to flower. So why not? Like, this makes sense. And I would bet that that has way less nitrogen in it than ocean forest. Yeah. Oh my okay. gosh, ocean forest! <laughs> it popped into my that's head because that's I- how I do clones. Like I'm, I start with a light blue mixture, and I know it encourages rooting. Um, so I said to myself, might as well try this with autos. Um, and so far, so good. I've been happy with the results. I haven't got to the finish line yet, so I can't save 100%. But so far, I'm happy with the results. That's a great point, man. Um, now, you also mentioned, like, don't, don't, don't stray from, like, the ratios. I see this all the time. And, like, I still get pushback from people, and I'll die on this hill. If you have a calcium or magnesium deficiency, don't try to throw calcium or magnesium at it. Just up your base nutes. 
they're going to have what you need in there anyway to get you what you need. Because if you're not a scientist, right? The MPK is a, is a very sensitive balance, you know, and all these other micro and macronutrients that we're adding. It's a, it's a synergy that you just, you're not a scientist and I don't pretend to be one either. So rather than fuck up those ratios of something else potentially being locked out, I just up the base newts and it's always worked for me. And Is that the plants happier because if you see a deficiency in one thing, chances are later on down the line, you're going to see a deficiency in something else. Anyway, it's not just that. So how much do you up it by? If you're seeing a, a singular deficiency, how much do you up your base newts by? I don't know. Is a good rule of thumb, probably 25%. No. And, that, and okay. with salt, you're going to see the correction pretty quickly in the plant. You should know within a couple of days if you're on the right path. Because I see it a lot with, uh, with plants. You start to see that like intervenal chlorosis. You know, they don't have enough calcium. They're very calcium hungry. So instead of trying to up CalMag specifically, which I haven't, I honestly haven't touched CalMag in fucking years. I, you know, if you're in mass and you want some free CalMag, hit me up. I got 20 pounds of this shit that I'll never use again. Um, I just up my base newts because they have enough CalMag in there and at the right ratio in accordance to the NPK and other micronutrients. So it doesn't fuck up the absorption of something else. Because if you start fucking with too much calcium, then you're going to fuck up your phosphorus intake, right? And then it just snowballs into something else. Now, you, then you throw some more phosphorus in there because your, your phosphorus light, and you're fucking up your calcium mm -hmm. absorption. And you're just spinning your fucking wheels. I see it all the time. So like, yeah, fuck CalMag. Um, it's a waste of money. I really believe in that. You shouldn't, the, the average grower shouldn't need cow mag at all. Plus, the other thing, too, these cow mags, most of the ones you're using are heavy in nitrogen, a good majority of them. So, you think you're adding just calcium and magnesium, but you're not. You're adding a lot of nitrogen as well. Truth, man. Got to be yep. careful of that one in the NPK on your cow mag bottle or the two sometimes. But is that always true about, like, the base nutrients? Like, is that always, like, so one of the things, like, that is part of this, you know, don't, like, the, trust the ratios, basically, is staying within a nutrient line, too. I mean, if you really, really, really know what you're doing, then sure, buy a product for a specific purpose that's not in your nutrient line and add it to your program. But generally, I'm not going to recommend that to like 99% of people. Like, find a line of nutrients you like and stick with that. You know what I mean? If they have additives, go for them. Like, knock your socks off. I feel the same way but about like, blue boosters. You know, like you don't need them. If you want more, if you want to push your plants a little hotter, just up your blue mixture. So is do, do the base newts, like if... the I guess it depends on what line you're using, but I imagine most of them have, like Moss is saying, a base nutrient that contains a little bit of everything, right? I haven't come across one yet. Even the shittier ones, like, um, what's the one I'm thinking of? 
like GH or yeah, GH has a powdered line that's like similar to Athena, not quite the same, but I mean, I say even, you know shitty, but it was the first man they grew plants in space with that shit. Yeah, but it's not the same. I anymore. grew. It, that's it, what I started with is the trio. Yeah, yeah I grew great plants with that. It'll, it's awesome. it'll grow you. It'll grow you fine plants, and exactly that's what I'm saying. They're all most of these salts are are pretty much the same. Um, they're gonna get you to the finish line no matter what. Some of them may be a little bit more watered down than others. Some of them um, may not have the best MPK ratio. You know, um, some of them do use cheaper, like salts, like more, um, you know, like ureas and shit like that. That the plant just doesn't really appreciate after a while because that stuff can build up. Um, so, you know. Just don't mess with the ratios and don't go trying to add, you know, bottles from eight different lines. And uh, I think you'll end up with a much better result. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Uh, Especially with the autos, too. I mean, like, I mean, start light with any feeding program, organic or not. And you can always up it. You know what I mean? Um, Be careful of just adding whatever your friend tells you to add like all right i feel like with this hobby in particular everybody wants to be an expert right they want to be able to tell their body like this is what you should do and i've run into so many people that think they're experts that have no clue what the fuck they're doing like you'll go, like you'll ask show me what you're feeding your plant and now they think they're an expert right and they have like two or three bottles that are repetitive that are literally like doing the same thing. And I'm like, why are you at now? Well, my buddy told me to add this or my, you know, my, the guy at the grocery store told me to add this. Um, and you could fall into a fucking trap pretty quickly doing that shit. For sure. I'm, I mean, you know, I, I'm, i my mentality is like, which bottles can I eliminate sort of thing? You know, uh, I think you should always be thinking like that. hundred percent. Um, you know the the fewer the fewer additions to these these plants we grow the better um usually usually but um yeah how about um how about light any any light techniques that are auto flower specific i, I I don't really think so. I mean, I kind of, I, I like to keep my, I mean, besides keeping my lights high in the tent or room and up full blast, yeah, that's, uh, let that's the plant the, kind of grow into it. That's the tip, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate dimmers. I, I think they're the devil. Um, <laughs> they you know, failed uh, on me repeatedly. So They'll yeah. fail on everybody. Look, I've had them fail on HLG fixtures. They just, they'll fail. Um, and it, it'll be when you least expect it to, like, you won't even notice it. You know, um, it's one of those things that if your, your light's only giving you 20% power, sometimes you might not even fucking notice it because it's still bright as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. You look at your tent, it's bright, but you, you know, you realize that it's not giving you full power. Just, just look, stop trying to save a nickel. <laughs> just put your light to the top of the tent and crank that bitch. Yeah. And if it's still too bright, get some CO2 or get, get a, a bigger tent. light. 
<laughs> you know, like it's true, man. It's true. Top of the tent, one hundred percent. The plant's gonna grow into it that way too, and and have the photons that it needs, that it wants. You know, it encourages I, I the plant to like get up. It's there. like a pet peeve of mine. It really is. Like when I see people, like oh, like what's your oil? I keep the light at thirty-five yeah, percent or sixty-five. Yeah, like I raise it by three inches every other day, and then I I turn the the dial up by two and a half percent every four days. It's just and like it just. It, it makes huh? more sense. It's just easier too for the grower to figure out like how 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 tall how high do I put my light? Like just put it to the top of the tent as high as you can get it and crank it up. As right. long as you have the wattage that is necessary for that size of tent, bingo. It'll be good. That's that's a key a key part of this equation. And I already see people, you know, auto Aussie Aussie autos. 100% beginning to end? Absolutely. Like, just ignore PPFD? Yep. So, yes. However. Especially since you're all using that fucking Photon app anyway that you all think is is God. It's just not 100% accurate. It's fine. It's pretty cool, It'll man. give you a numerical value, and I've always said this it's before. It's accurately inaccurate, so you can it, compare things to each other, but it doesn't exactly. give you a real number. So it'll allow you to find, like, dead spots in your tent, maybe, and, like, kind of optimize light positioning, yeah. especially if you have multiple fixtures. But as but far as, like, accurate. relying on it for PPFD numbers and DLI, just yeah. take a please. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear seriously. you. Seriously. I hear you. So we're, but we're not ignoring PPFD. What we're doing is we're assuming, like Monster said, it's a key point of this equation is that our light is sized appropriately for our growing space. Let's assume we have a four by four tent, like a lot of people do, right? You have 480 watts to 600-ish in that range. Yes, that's the right number of watts in like an, a modern LED fixture. If you put that thing to the top of the tent at 100%, like even if you have um, a way to, to measure PPFD that's not a Photon app and it's accurate, you would be able to see doing this like all right at the very bottom like when this when the plant's a seedling at the very bottom of the tent the ppfd is only like 150 maybe 200 then by the time the plant grows up to a teenage plant you know it's around like 350 400 by the time it flowers and it's a big tall bush the tops are seeing like 850 900 sometimes a thousand ppfd you know what i mean just by keeping it up there at the same level the whole time. Yeah, we assume the plants know what the, they're doing. Yeah, you kind of allow the plant to take over at that point and adjust itself. No one moves the sun. <laughs> it's a great point. We don't get to dim the sun. We don't get to, like, you know... It's, it's part of the... I don't know, I... I it, it does. It is a little bit annoying when I see people like being very like a little too anal about like how high they hang their lights and stuff. 
I don't know. I if just, it makes yeah. them happy, then by all means. Like, if you like to move the height of your lights and be very precise, if you're not going to save that much money. If you think it makes money, your plants happier, then by all means do it. I'm just you're just you're playing a guessing game at money. that point. You know what I mean? Um, and unless you have a really expensive meter to give you true PPFD numbers, then I think you're you're just kind of gambling yeah you're you guessing know? let the plant guess let the plant figure out how i think much you're gonna end up with wants. a bigger plant this way anyway because you're gonna allow the plant to grow into it and take advantage of all that light if you're limiting the amount of light that your fixture is putting out then you're also inherently whether you want to or not you're limiting your plant because it can only it's only going to grow to its light True, man. Kind of know, like it's the plant knows where it wants to be. When you that bitch with light, you're going to end up with more bud sites on the plant. Like everything overall is just going to be better, I believe. Yeah. That's the way I've done it. Um, and yeah. look, if you, if you want, try it when, you know, after the show or whatever, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, go home, crank your light all the way up. Put it to the top of the tent and break out your photone app and see what you <laughs> see what you get, and then you you know you'll see that shit monsters right the plants getting exactly what it needs and I don't have to worry about how high my light is or how you know what my dimmer is fucking set at it, it eliminates that that factor for sure and that's we're assuming that you have. An appropriately sized light for your space. It's part of this, right? Like as m most growers, you know, you, like you pick what size tent you want, whether it's a two by four, four by four, five by five, whatever. Then you then you buy your lights. You're probably not going to buy too much light, right? I mean, I've done it before, and then I had a dimmer fail on me. Yet yeah, it's, it's just buy enough light. And eliminate the dimmer. Like, I mean, really, truly, that's the first thing that's going to fail. And then put that thing in 100%. And let, your, let your plants grow into it. Yeah, I literally cut them right off. Yeah, you, you can. Just like right out of the chain, dude. If uh, you really want the bigger light, just get a bigger tent. Amen. Or, or yeah, get a... Eliminate the tent. Just... Dedicate a room to your grow. Shit. Get a warehouse. Just make it easy. <laughs> Go ahead. Get a warehouse. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a, a great, great point. Um, you know, I think, um, let's see. Environmental. We're talking light. Like, what other environmental things can we do to help our autoflowers be as be as as good as they can be. What, what's the what's the well, saying we, like? We we talk about autoflowers having a shorter life cycle, right? We talk about utilizing like a day in the life of an autoflower is like a year in the life of a human, right? Mm -hmm. We try to think about it like mm -hmm. that. So, not just autos, really any plant, but you know, particularly cannabis, we want the humidity level to be just right. Because if it's too humid or too dry, the plant will not transpire correctly. And if it's not transpiring, 
It's not photosynthesizing. It's not growing. It's not giving you that sweet ganja that you're really looking mm. for. It's not so people drinking overlook like humidity. We mentioned earlier. Yeah, they overlook humidity um, a lot, and I and especially like if you're you go you know if you're turning your lights off and humidity spikes, then you're getting these heavy duty swings, uh, which can lead to botrytis, blood rot, powdery mildew, and just overall general poor health of of the plant. Great point, man. Humidity is the, I mean, over temperature, I would say. Humidity for me is is thing I'm always concerned about from the time the plant's a little seedling to the time it's in the dry tent. I humidity is dangerous. That's the thing. If your humidity is off, it's dangerous. If your temp is off, like, okay, your plants are going to be a little upset. If your humidity is really off, you're you're playing a dangerous game. It is. And what I try to do essentially is match my humidity to my temperature. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. that VPD chart curve. Like I, I'm just temperature is what it is at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like I, I do air condition my attic in, in the summer, but like, yeah, at a certain point, the tent's going to be what it's going to be, whether that's 80. Sometimes it's up at 85, which is fine. It's actually perfectly fine. In an LED tent, 85 is great. You know what? Just up your humidity a little bit to match that. Get that perfect VPD. You know what I mean? Actually, I would rather see people with a higher temperature in an in an led situation then lower you know that's another mistake i see a lot of people make they're running too cool attempts or they're not even using their ac infinity fan correctly to set a temperature in their tent um it's been like, known to happen that's a huge pet peeve of mine when i walk into a grow and i see an ac infinity fan and it's set on like four and i'm and you know you look at the tent it's like 73 in there like oh just keep the tent, really keep the fan off. Yeah, it's like keep the fan off. Let the tent ac accumulate heat and humidity from the lights, from the plants, and only exhaust that once it's reached that threshold. You know, yeah. Like you, you want to use the components of the grow to like optimize the grow itself. And if you listen, if you don't have an AC Infinity fan. Uh, to control your temp and humidity and you just have an old school like can fan or something generic you can get some sort of probe get to connect burn, it to right anything really um <laughs> just do something do something <laughs> have your exhaust regulated by temperature or humidity but generally temperature so you can keep your environment consistent we're talking about consistency here because look today you go home you set up a new tent right you're trying to dial in your temp and you're doing it by level of your fan. You got it perfect. It's sitting at 83, 84 degrees. Well, guess what? Tomorrow is going to be hotter. And that three or four that you have your tent set at 84 right now, you're going to go home and it's going to be 91 in there. And you're like, what the fuck? It was perfect yesterday. I run into that a lot. Like, that's the thing I probably run into the most. People not understanding 
how to actually keep their temps regulated just by simply a couple of clicks of a button on a controller. Um, what, what I'm an exhaust simple. fan? Yeah. It drives me nuts, man. It's like a <sighs> huge pet peeve of mine. Um, I, you know, I think you're spot on too with like consistency is key, especially with autos. We want them to just exist in this optimized environment their whole lives. You know, not too much fluctuation between night temps, day temps, not too many swings. So, yeah, I mean, the more you can control your environment, the, the better you're going to be at growing autos, plain and simple. I think for the, you know, beginner tent pirates, really, like, like I said, focus on matching your humidity to your temps. It's pretty easy. You know? I saw somebody ask a question. I usually like to run... Um, like if you just, but you don't want to look at the chart and you just want somebody to spoon feed you info. I like like 84 degrees and usually right around like 70%, 75% humidity usually seems to work pretty good for me. For the um, whole duration, the whole cycle. Yeah, and, and I'll taper temp and humidity down a little bit towards the end, but pretty much like for, a, if you ran your grow at those numbers the whole time, you'd be fine. I'll agree with and, that. I would, I would have said 80 583 65 humidity yeah. that's um, where i run usually you know 70 for me that's i have scary. seen bud rot in like a mm -hmm. very dense um like sativa that i had uh, but again that that was probably a lack of airflow too you can you can mitigate that even at a, a higher than ideal humidity range with more airflow airflow is important mm -hmm. not, to be, not to be overlooked especially down below there are some people of the belief that a lot of you know terms that you see towards the bottom of the plant are caused by lack of airflow mm. interesting i don't know if i necessarily believe that but lack it, of light lack of airflow it, it, lack it, of it, it makes sense you know Logically, it does. So. It does. Um, well, yeah. Autos, man. They're pretty cool. You should give them a shot. Yeah, they've come a long way. You know, I still see people kind of snub their nose at them. Um, say they're, you know, inferior or a waste of time. I often see that one a lot. Give it a go. Um <laughs> Just a couple you know, things. Just a couple things you have to know going in. Don't overfeed. And uh, I think you can end up with, with some, some pretty good results. That's a, a big mistake I think a lot of people make that, that try autos, right? They feed them like they normally would feed their conventional cannabis. And I, once the plant gets bigger, I think you can generally do that without a problem. But in the early stages, the first two to three weeks – it doesn't like a heavy, heavy feed. You're going to stunt the shit out of that plant um, feeding it like that. And there's exceptions to every rule. I've had some plants that are just hungry and very vigorous, and they'll take whatever I can give them. But it's few and far between for autos. I've, the best results I've gotten with them is to kind of keep it light and tread lightly. 
those first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. For sure. You can always add more. Hard to true. take away. Very, very almost, true. Almost, almost impossible to take away once, once you've added. We're going back. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, oh, one thing I wanted to mention, too, I saw this pretty cool technique. Like, we're talking, you know, bud rot, airflow, all that good stuff. Like, if you are worried about bud rot, your buds are super dense, you're at the end of your grow, you're worried, you know, ah, am I going to make it? One thing you, you can do is, like, cut straws, like little plastic straws, if you can find them anymore. Paper straws, I guess, would work fine, too. Little plastic straws, right? Go around your plant and stick that little inch of like a plastic straw in between any buds that are touching each other. You know, like bunched up against one another, like grown like tightly in on that stem. Sometimes I do that helix thing and the buds get like really close in on, e- on each other. If you can separate those, like... I mean, in like a donkey dick situation. That's that's when people get bud rot, guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Separate those donkey dick buds. Little plastic in some straw. Way. Little Straws plastic or straw and like. If you have to sacrifice air, a little flower, like do it. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna lose your whole plant. <laughs> Somebody needs to isolate that clip, but remove the word buds. <laughs> Separate your donkey dicks. <laughs> you know. I've never been a fan of those donkey dick type colas, man. Like, I just, that's like asking for trouble. It really is. Just give me golf balls, dents, golf ball nugs all day, every day. They are impressive and beautiful, but. I've never had bug rot inside. Never, just never happened for me. Um, Outdoors, yes. I think it's a much easier, but with the right airflow and. No lack of swings. I think swings are the biggest thing that people don't realize. Like, if you have a thirty degree swing, and you know, thirty percent humidity swing, there's just no doubt about it. There's just too much moisture, and uh, being left on that plant, you know, especially in flower, and the moisture has to go somewhere, and uh, you're really just asking for trouble. Mm. Yeah, consistency. Is key for sure. Um, well, yo, before we before we say goodbye for the week, I heard there was some crazy moon situation there going is. on. This is so exciting. Okay, so um, tomorrow night there is a blue moon. So a blue moon, they say rare is a blue moon, right? So blue moons happen kind of like three times a year. It's when you have a second full moon in the same month that you've already had a full moon in. Like we had a full moon at the beginning of August and we're having a second one. Well, the first one was the sturgeon moon. What's the second one? It's a blue moon. So that's what a blue moon is. It's just the second full moon in the month. Um, This also happens to be a super moon. This is the closest full moon that earth is going to see this entire year. So it's going to be super close, super Uh. bright. Um, very exciting. So, um, it's in the sign of Pisces, lots of big feels, lots of intuition, lots of imagination, lots of creativity. This is tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, 
apex of it is at 9 49 p.m eastern standard time so whatever that equates to in your time zone that's when it's fullest but you can use it at any time before or after so 9 49 real time yes real time tomorrow wednesday uh the 30th so because the moon is closer theoretically like the gravitational pull is just a little bit stronger Mm -hmm. right so plant plant your seeds right so it's a great night to plant absolutely for sure for sure for sure yes or any tomatoes do yourself a favor I wonder, is there any, like, uh, for plants that are currently existing, let's say they're flowering, any, you know, are they going to transpire more, more more freely because, you know, gravity is, is stronger, pulling that water towards the moon? Potentially. I think that your light level may affect things more than anything, having a... a- you know, celestial body that bright during what should be dark nighttime that could mm. certainly affect plants and animals and things in weird ways. So yeah, it's really super fun and at least get some like water and chuck it outside. Yeah, you know, charge, charge up some stone. I love for like big, super fun, important moons like this like we had a full moon on halloween a few years ago so for big ones like this i like to get um you can even get little containers seal containers of water somehow jugs something label it what it is keep it somewhere it'll keep that energy as long as you don't recharge it in any type of light theoretically i'll fade over time but then you have it for a while and you can keep it won't go bad Unless the pH fluctuates. Or Check your you pH, people. didn't calibrate your pH pen or you didn't keep your tip wet. Uh, yeah, right. Just the tip. Charge your moon water, check your batteries, calibrate your probes. <laughs> I think we gave, there were some awesome tips tonight, guys. I mean, truly. Where else are you going to get these types of tips? You're going to go to the local grow store and ask, ask the guy behind the counter. You'll be like, yo, buy these Crop King seeds. Put your lights on 12-12. You'll be golden. <coughs> Get this ocean forest soil. Be good. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Oh. Yeah, just saying. Just saying. We're, we're truly one of a kind, guys. So if you want to help us out, if you want to keep the show going, head on over to our Patreon page. Show us some love over there. Um, if that's not your thing, that's cool. The shows will always be free. Come on over to our Discord, hang out. Yeah, yeah and uh, an- another easy way to help the show, besides you know, like telling a friend, right? Is um, I know all you motherfuckers shop on Amazon, right? Before you head over to Amazon and do your purchasing, if you head over to our website and just click on one of our links for uh, like products we use and then do your shopping, even if you don't buy that product, it'll carry over and we get a small cut for that. Ah. And I do mean small. Um, another thing is I know people don't like the ads on Twitch. One way to eliminate those is to subscribe. And if you're a Prime member, you get one free subscription per month. You just have to automatically... Oh, 
you just have to renew it manually. It won't do it automatically because Amazon doesn't want to give away free money like easily. So if hmm. you want to subscribe to the show and don't want to pay for it, your prime membership gives you one free Twitch subscription per month. So you can allot it to us and eliminate ads and, uh, it helps us out a little bit. For sure. For sure. And if you don't do any of those things, then just simply watching and yeah, watch, enjoy, participate. Participate. It all helps, guys. So yeah. we appreciate it. Thanks for the people who tuned in live, all mm -hmm. you people out there in the chat. And uh, thank you guys. Monster G3. Always a, a pleasure. pleasure as always. Till next time. Keep in touch with yourself. Okay, cool.